girlfriends in football. The three of us are together again. It's Sherry, Beth, and Desi, and we are going to chat all things week two NFL. It was a crazy week, both in the NFL and college uh, on, on the college front. Uh, we're going to go over some things, but first, I, you know, Beth is going to have to hop off before the rest of us, and I cannot deny her this wonderful announcement that was issued by the NFL. Beth, do you want to tell us who the offensive player of the week was? It would be Josh Allen. Yay! <laughs> He's got the ASC under wraps. I'm pretty sure it's because um, he listened to us and took all of your advice. He yeah. knows he knows what needs to happen and he does listen. We we have our have our minor chats here and there. Um, he doesn't always hear me, but I'm sure that he, connected. he comes back. I'm connected. sure. Yeah, we're connected. It's it's all right there. Um, <laughs> He's afraid of having you on the bench with him. Remember, we were like, yeah. <laughs> I think most people are afraid to have me on the bench next to him. I know my kid, my son doesn't want me on the bench next to him either. So I think there's a I reason we all get along so well. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. But yeah, so. this is in in history. He has 11 in his career so far for AFC East. So. We're excited for him. I, I noticed him. somebody else on that list that uh, was not getting any recent offensive player of the week. So you want to know who that is, Des? Who's that? That would be Joe Burrow. <laughs> oh, that poor baby boy. You had to go there, Sherry. My fantasy team is like, like if there's a struggle bus. They're no. all on it. Girl, your team bus is an ambulance. It really is. <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, I want to drop all my 49er players just in case there's some bad juju. I just want to like <laughs> start but, fresh. Yeah, because it's I, I, already got injured on the game yesterday on, on the game Sunday. He's injured. Um, but thankfully it doesn't look uh too serious. But I'm like, yeah, maybe I should just I, I can go. I just I don't need to have any 49ers on my team. I'm just gonna kick them all off and it's been a pretty painful. It's been a pretty painful season this year. There's a lot of people getting hurt. A lot of people. So while since we cracked that can open, and since you're here with us, Beth, let's chat. Nick Chubb, did you guys see that injury? I can't watch those things. I was like this, but I I know you guys did. <laughs> I actually didn't watch it, and they had they stopped showing the. They wouldn't show a replay of it. So I had to search a little bit, and I just found one picture of That's all you needed it to in see. action. And I really didn't need to know anything more than that to know that we were done for the season. Oh, it yeah. looked terrible. Yeah. So this is what we call a complete blowout of the knee. He likely has ruptured at least three of the four main ligaments in the knee. Um, I talked a little bit. I was just we just got off of the Eric Crocker show, and we we went through pictures and showed all the things, but there's something called an unhappy triad and that's where you tear your ACL, your MCL and your meniscus. But I think he probably has more damage than that. Would you say Beth? Yeah. I can't imagine that his lateral ligaments are good. I, I can't imagine that anything is left um, yeah. at this stage, not to mention he's had reconstruction on that knee before. Um, this is not his healthy knee. This is the knee that he had to rehab and work back through. So I can't imagine, um, it's going to be a long road for him to come back. Yeah. And, um, not and I'm just, just praying that he's able to. Not just any reconstruction. In 2015, prior to him coming into the NFL, but during his college days, he tore his PCL, MCL, and LCL. So, I mean, he has already, like, that's a blowout of a knee. So he's already come back from massive reconstruction. It was dislocated as well. 
So, I mean, he came back from that, which in and of itself is a miracle. Like my friend in college, who was an incredible linebacker, was headed for the NFL. And in his senior year in Georgia, blew out his knee. And that was the injury. And he that was it. He didn't play again. So the fact that Chubb came back from that injury and then sustained this one. And I was kind of trying to explain that when you have a reconstruction like that, you have one of two reconstructions, one where. Okay, it got, you know, one of the ligaments didn't hold very well and you have a re-tear that can happen on even a simple move or, or a trauma. Or you have the ones that, you know, when the when the orthopedics putting that in, they're like, we're putting this in tight. This thing's going to stand the test of times. And so it is in there strong. And then you have the scar tissue that comes in around it. So when you have a re-injury like this, especially you're talking, this is eight years ago. So the scar tissue in there is tough. It's tensile. And now you have another trauma. You could potentially have even more damage than you would in what we call a knee that's never had surgery before, because now you're pulling even further up because the tendon is so strong that whatever they put in there the first time is so strong that it may be not ruptured where you normally do. It's, it's pulling from where it's anchored to, to the bone. So um, I actually had tweeted out, that I was concerned about his the livelihood of his limb because there's also very important structures like your per perineal nerve on the outside. If you injure that or tear that, you get drop foot to where your foot can't, you can't lift your foot up. If you tear or get a little a, a tear in the uh, massive artery in the back of the knee, now you're worried about bleeding out and even life, like you could, you could bleed out and, and have real um, complications that could incur life. You know, you could die. That's what I'm trying to say. So, I mean, there is, and you, I don't, I still haven't heard the extensive, like how extensive this injury was, but this is one of the most severe injuries I've ever seen in the NFL. Tua is the, is the most recent one I can think of. That was pretty bad. And then I think to um, um, Alex Smith, and everything that he endured with his leg. Like that's the level of injury that I think Chubb is dealing with. So please continue. If you are praying people out there, pray for him. I mean, this is not just, will he play again? This is, will he walk again? Yeah. That's yeah. so sad. I agree. It's been it, coming back from that. And, you know, I would love to see like what the future holds in the medical technology world for things like this, you know, I mean, there's so many things with stem cell and there's so many things with um, regenerative health that I'm real curious to know if, if any of those things would be available to him as he's moving forward, because, because it is going to be a lot of healing and a lot of um, things that we, we might not have dealt with or expect to deal with in this type of situation. Yeah. 100%. Talk to me, Beth, a little bit about, cause I remember when my friend injured his knee injury in college there was two treatments. So the MCL needed to scar in. So they decided to do the surgery to correct the MCL. And he had to be in a straight leg. I mean, I think back then it was a cast. I don't think they put the, the brace on him, that immobilizer. Um, they kept him in that for a certain amount of months to allow that to scar in. And then they went back in and they did an ACL repair because of course, following ACL, you need to move that knee right away. You don't want that one to um, scar in. You need, you need mobility. So talk to me a little bit about the therapy principles behind a knee blowout. How do you stage that? So like you said, you need to, you need to be aware of what you are rehabbing and at what time. Um, 
ACLs, they want you moving and range of motion as quickly as possible. Um, there, it is no longer the take your time, wait and see, um, let it heal up because what happens is that knee will end up not getting full extension back, not getting, um, full range of motion. And you see a lot of people who, um, your average athlete, you know, you and me who go out and tear your ACL, um, end up without full range of motion in their knee. And they're always walking kind of flat footed, not getting a good heel strike because you're unable to get that full range. Um, so I haven't done a ton with the MCL repair. So what you're saying about having to let it scar and heal in makes a lot of sense. Um, like we said, there's not a ton of blood flow to that area. So you start talking meniscus and MCL and LCL, you're looking at just giving it that time to stabilize and, and, uh, tighten in. Um, what I would think they would be doing is they would end up stabilizing, like you said, and then going hardcore on that rehab. Um, I, I'm afraid as well that we're pulling higher or lower than a typical injury. So we're not going to have a regular rehab. How do we reconnect that to the bone? How are we making that portion strong enough? Um, because I don't think he tore his, AC, his ACL in the middle of the ACL, like any, anybody else would tear it, you know, right. we're, we're pulling it off a bone and we're pulling up, pull, pulling it away from its insertion or its origin. And that becomes a different healing process. Yeah. And of course this is all again, contingent upon, we have not even, talked about as far as like, does he need to have neurovascular, you know, a repair of anything, right? Like if he did might have a tear of his uh, artery, if he did um, stretch that nerve and he's got a foot drop, that just adds a whole nother dimension to the rehab process. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, interesting to see as he, as we get more information, what this really looks like for him in the long term. Um, Sherry and, and coach says, Oh, I had one more question yeah. since we were in this world and it might be more of a question that I should know the answer to, but when we're dealing with like an ACL repair or something like that for somebody who has already had the surgical repair with the scar tissue and all that, you know, there's several different ways to repair an ACL. You yeah. can have your own body and use your tendons and ligaments from your own body to help make those repairs, or you can do a cadaver. For somebody like him, are we looking at like a full replacement or are we looking at cadaver? Can you reuse the ones that have already been torn and destroyed and scarred up? Well, you're not using anything that's been in there originally that, I mean, I don't even know that I can answer that question for him because I can't even imagine what his MRI must look like. I mean, oh, I don't even know that they shredded can- Shredded cheese. I don't even know oh. if you get a quality MRI yet, right? Like the, the level of the swelling, of swelling and- an artifact that might be in there. So I, I wish I could even answer that question, Beth, but I, I really don't even know until we know what structures for sure, if all of that, like I, this is gonna be a barely, I mean, it's an interesting case from a medical standpoint because this is gonna be such a, uh, it'll be a case study, um, but it's, you know, you don't want this for anyone. That's, that's the bottom Is, is it the one thing I do know about anything that you all just said? is that the scar tissue part, like I know different people, I've had problems with this, it's hereditary for me. My body scar tissue forms very quickly. And so I can imagine, I know I've struggled with that. Having scar tissue, you can't really, you know, get rid of or determine like how fast it's gonna. So I would think the scar tissue part would be quite an important concern of the aftermath also. Right. And I, and second point, um, I want to say thank you for the graphic detail of all the things I didn't want to see on the hit. <laughs> <Injury>. <laughs>
We were trying to keep it very, you know, sterile in terms of medical terminology. Not, not throw too much gruesomeness in there, but it, it was it was a heck of a it was a heck of an injury, really. Um, so I was going to switch to you on that note, Sherry, because you're our our big college um, report yeah. person. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's chat about what happened to Travis Hunter in that Colorado game. Yeah, man. Um, so one of the uh, th this is crazy, right? I mean the the level of what i took the most out of this um is the afterwards the aftermath of this um and i forget the kid's name it's not coming to me to me that made the hit on travis hunter but uh that kid has received death threats along with his family um and i could go on and on about what i think about those things in these days death threats on sports people and politicians it, it's unreal to me Anyways, the kid has received death threats and his family. Um, whether or not you think Coach Prime is way too eccentric, loud, egotistical, the one thing that guy is, man, I just continue to be, and I'm a lifelong Deion Sanders fan, so, um, but I continue to be impressed with what his what his persona is to everyone else and the outlandishness and the dress and everything. But when it comes down to it, when this um, happened, he came right out and said, look, I have forgiven this guy. Travis Hunter has forgiven him. There is no place for these, you know, threats on, on him and, and family. We're all emotional players. We're playing for the game. We're hyped up. There's things we can you know, talk about, but you're going to an extreme um, on this level. And and maybe that comes along with the hype that's going on with Colorado and people are like ready to see the Cinderella story to the end. And when, you know, that happens, people get really emotional about college football, maybe more so even um, than NFL. But I personally appreciate the way that Coach Prime handled it afterwards with with real class from both yeah. him and Travis Hunter. So for those of you who may not watch the game, Colorado played Colorado State. It was a big to-do. It was the highest-watched college football game in history. Yes. History. Yes. yes. Sorry. I didn't and get that so, <laughs> so Travis Hunter plays for Dion. He's a wide receiver, very important. I think he's the number one targeted guy on their offense. And Henry Blackburn playing safety position came in. It was a, a late hit, very, um, it was actually um, very late hit, if you really want to term it that. Um, it was a blatant um, here I am kind of situation. Um, you know, hits are hits most of the time when that's happening. I mean, I watched the, that game. There was so much hype, so much energy. These kids probably were just riding on these endorphins and, almost don't even know what they're doing. And so, yeah, it sucks, but it happens in the, in, in football, you're going to have these attitudes and these, you know, these moments where you're like, I'm here, I'm here. And you're, you know, doing these things. Um, I'm not condoning what he did, but it is part of the mm -hmm. game. It is, it does happen. And I don't think he knew that. I don't think his intent was to cause internal damage. I mean, no. these don't always happen. A, a liver laceration happens from a blunt trauma to the abdomen which is what happened, right-sided blunt trauma to the abdomen caused a shearing motion that lacerated the liver. Um, the last time I've heard about anything like this was actually 
Sherry, your Bucks, Chris Sims. Um, mm -hmm. Is it Chris Sims, the quarterback? Yeah. He had blunt trauma to the left side of the abdomen and ruptured his spleen. Now, the spleen holds all of your red cells. It filters red cells. So when that gets lacerated, it can cause bleeding and you can die from a, a spleen laceration. He was transported to the hospital immediately where they removed the spleen and he was fine. In terms of the liver laceration, there's different gradients. If a small liver laceration can just be observed with CAT scans and making sure that they're doing okay in the healing process. But you can have degrees up where there's massive lacerations where they would need to operate and repair it. Um, yeah. To the best of my knowledge, it does not seem to be a severe laceration. Um, and so Coach Prime has come out in the aftermath after all these death threats and stuff that have come through and just said, hey, man, it's a game. At the end of the day, it's a game. You know, everyone's forgiven. You know, Blackburn, it is what it is. Like, let's 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 take the foot off the pedal. So um, I think be there's a recognition number. I mean, it's a contact sport. It's a lot of hype, a lot of emotion. Just like you said, don't condone it whatsoever. But the level of intensity and backlash against the player, I think, is unwarranted. Um, last I heard, I believe he's expected, Travis Hunter is expected to be out three weeks, which to me signals maybe not as bad of a laceration, um, I would expect. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. But, man, the Colorado story just basically is dominating all of college football at the moment. Yeah, well, they got to play Oregon. I was going to say, just to go back on that and on the death threats and all of that. And and I typically side with the players on this. You know, I, I understand it was a late hit. I understand it was he was cocky about it and all of that. I think my concern is, though, when you watch it in real time and you see where he's coming from, he doesn't see the ball. He doesn't see the player. He doesn't see any of that. The last time he looks, he knows he's going to make contact. And so I don't think... I don't think he even saw any of those pieces in, in play. It was it a late hit. Was it wrong? Yes. But I got to give these kids benefit of the doubt. Like they're not out yeah. there to, to put people right. <clears throat> to injure people and take them out and not have them, you know, so <clears throat> I need to learn better how to um, see that and say, yes, that was intentional, I guess. Cause I don't always yeah. see it as being intentional. I know afterwards he, he was cocky about it, but I don't think, I don't even know if he knew how late he was to that hit until after the fact. That's what I'm yeah. saying. They were riding on emotion. Like that. I can't imagine what that felt like to be one in the stadium, let alone a player on the field. Um, again, not condoning it. And 100% he, it was dirty. It was a late hit. You know, most mm -hmm. of the time when that happens, it doesn't result in some horrendous in injury like this did. Um, but you know, I think, well, let's hope he learns from it. Right. That's, I mean, that was my next statement. Yeah. 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 100%. Um, well, let's, let's get to the, um, the other side of all of this. Uh, Sherry, your bucks, my Niners, yeah, two and oh, baby. How's that feel? Dude. I, I mean, I, okay. We know. What I are they said, baking in Tampa Bay? <laughs> right. I said, um, I give Baker Mayfield till after a bye week, and then he's really going to come out swinging. And I, he must have heard me because he was like, listen, B, I'm just going to go out starting week one. All right. Um, and I think he's got that mentality, dude. I think he's got the, I want to prove people wrong. 
Um, in the preseason, our offensive line looked horrendous. Baker Mayfield is the least sacked quarterback in the NFL. I really thought we were going to go like one and four. And we're two and oh, baby. We're playing uh, the Eagles Monday night football, both two and oh teams uh, to see who goes three and oh to, to start it. And while Philadelphia is so pretty heavily favored, I don't know. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm there. You know, Carefully he's proven me wrong. Yeah, he's proven me wrong. So I gotta, I gotta keep up the believing. And my daughter, who has Bucks players and Bucks defense on her fantasy football team, I know does. She crushed our league. My daughter, 175. She's crushing points. everybody. Crushed, but she lost last week because she lost to the only person that got more points than her last week. She kicked my ass so badly. Like this points. Week. I was like, you know, I, again, I, I had Jordan Love in as my QB, and then I yeah. listened to all these people before the game on Sunday, and they were like, oh, you know, Jordan Love, da 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 And I think it was um, – I was worried – oh, Baltimore secondary was weak. That's what it was. They were talking about the injuries in Baltimore yeah. secondary, and I'm like, oh, Burrow's going to pick that apart. Like, boom, I'm putting Burrow. And, you know – yeah. You know what? And that's the thing. Like I look at I look at all that stuff. I look at the rankings. I'm starting to learn not to listen to all that to switch up the matchup every week. But one of the things I do always is like switch out my defense for who's got a good matchup that week, right? So everybody's on fire on the Giants defense. And I'm like, look, nobody in our league has Giants defense. I'm gonna pick it up this week. I saw that negative two points. Negative. Yeah, but like you're points. coming against the Niners, baby. Come on. Come at the, me. Every Everybody was high on the Giants, but uh, back to the Bucks real quick. My one kind of disappointment is that I have on my team, Chris Godwin, and Chris Godwin is known for lighting it up, you know, on the Bucks. Mike Evans yeah. is the more steady role, but Chris Godwin lightens it up, lights it up, and he has not lit it up this year. Mike Evans is definitely the favorite target of Baker Mayfield. So, um, and again, of course, my daughter has Mike Evans, so I'm... Yeah. I'm riding this train, man. I'm excited for Monday night. Nice. I think Baker enjoys being a pirate. Beth, back to your – let's talk more about Bills because I know you've got to hop off here soon. But I am. Good. I'm headed out. But I did want to say um, it's going to be a good game. 2-0 Washington against us. Both of us um, – I don't know. They've got a really strong defense, but both of our offenses are also pretty high scoring. So I'm still going Bills. Um because I don't have a choice and my <laughs> fantasy football team doesn't change because I don't have the energy to try and figure it out. And I just keep all my bills players in That's, and we go from there. Bill, it's you and I, Beth. It's you and I this week. Is it? It's you and I. Like, all right. Well, we'll I see. Can't even talk smack. I am so in the toilet. I can't even. <laughs> I have to play my daughter this week. <laughs> oh, That's going to be a busy household. Yeah, I'm right? out. She better start right, filling out her my favorite things list. That's what she needs to do. You're right. Beth, I got to get going. You guys have a great rest of the podcast. Thank you. We'll see you soon. All Bye right, Beth. girlfriend. Thanks for joining. All right, guys. So we're going to, um, gosh, we have so much to chat about. Let me go back to, we didn't even get to um, Patrick Mahomes. They restructured his deal. And hold on. I got to bring this up. Here it's, we go. So this is from Adam Schefter. And he said the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes have restructured his agreement, giving him $210.6 million between 2023 and 2026, the most money in NFL history over a four-season span. 
four seasons, y'all. His um, compensation for those years is now guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Also, the Chiefs and Mahomes plan to revisit the agreement again after the 2026 season. Um, as told to ESPN by Equity Sports CEO Chris Cabot, who negotiated the deal on behalf of Mahomes. I think that was a good investment. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Like, I just get I get really ticked off at the amount of money we're talking about here. I get really ticked off just in general that you have to make that kind of compensation package for someone um, to stay with you. Why don't we talk about more people being able to afford going to football games to watch those players play? Like I get really ticked off about those numbers. Like, I don't know. It just astounds me. And I mean, good for him, but I, mm, I don't know. Well, the, the astounding thing is the owners make more than that. I know. It, so it's, it, I agree with you, but the other side of that is like players, they're the ones who risk their body, yeah. their brain, their health, yeah. their livelihood. I mean, they're separated from their, their family. They can't go out to any random place because they're celebrity. I'm not saying it's, it's a bad life they lead, but I'm yeah. saying like they need to be compensated and, and as an employee, I'm making a hundred dollars, but the owner is making $2 million. Like, right. They, I also don't yeah. think there needs to be that much of a, a gap there either, because they're the ones that bring in the fans that sell their merchandise that, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing, if, if they're not the player they are, then they don't get paid what they get. You're paid. absolutely so. right. I mean, that's a great point. It's one of the only industries where the people that are doing the work are getting the compensation that doesn't happen in most, you know, other industries. So yeah, that's a good point, but I don't know. The money is just going back to our very initial conversation. You know, what, what position would you want to be football owner owner? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. But I, Oh, I should have, I meant to, to, when I was giving out that, you know, Oh, Beth's here. Commish, it's the commish. Commish, Sherry the commish. Uh, yeah, no, you picked it right. I definitely was like, I said linebacker, and then I was like, wait a minute, because wait I a minute, Beth, Beth said coach, and then you said owner. I'm like, damn, I played these cards wrong. I don't. Well, I'm first like, okay, defensive this, coordinator. I'll be defensive coordinator. I wanted to, first. I was defensive back because you know I'm I'm little and I'm scrappy, <laughs> so that felt like a good fit. But then once once we talked about it, I'm like. Why would I be doing the work? I want to just own the team. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, all right, so we still have so much more to get to get to even before we um, start to tackle the games that are coming up this week. Um, your Bucks, Mama. I want to talk about something really, really sweet. Um, there was an article that I saw that I shared with you, and now I'm trying to get to it. Hold on. It was Shaq Barrett. He had a big pick six in your game mm-hmm. against the Bears, uh-huh. and he dedicated that to his daughter. His two-year-old daughter, Araya, um, had drowned in a family pool in April. And oh. I cannot imagine, um, I, I, I can't imagine the pain and, and everything that you experience going through that. But 
So when this pick six happened, he dedicated it to his daughter. Oh, no. How did I miss that? I didn't see that. Yeah, I oh, sent that. that well, so I think you weren't back in town yet. I sent it. Um, gotcha. In our chat. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I love I love that hearing awesome. stories that just kind of brings the human element to to the game. So I thought you were going to talk about work done um, because so work done and Derek Brooks are two well known. They were Florida State. Uh, they played at Florida State, graduated when I did. So, of course, I'm huge with them. And they went straight to the Bucks. So even, you know, better. Um, what uh, work done for, if you don't know this, I think you might. But what he has done since he started playing pro football, um, his mother was a Louisiana police officer killed in the line of duty when he was 16 years old. So he raised his younger brothers and sisters his mother was a single mom, um, struggling as a police officer with kids. Every single Thanksgiving, he builds, furnishes, and stocks a house for a single mother um, who's in need. And he's done it every single year, continues to do it to this day. And Derek Brooks and Warwick Dunn are up for 2024 Hall of Fame. I believe they might be honored at the Monday night game. So, yeah, the, the human side of football, that's what I thought you were talking about because work done will be at that at the game Monday night. And he, he continues to do that. So, like, all good with making the money for people like that who are, you know, giving back to their fans, community. Um, that's one of the really feel-good stories. Yeah, he is amazing. I and, You know, for those of you who don't know, Sherry and I both live in the Tampa Bay area. Um, and so this is a story that we see often and um, – so grateful that he invests in those types of, um, you know, you have an experience in your life and then you have the opportunity to be in abundance and you get to share that and, and, and take care of people that are, that are living that story that you've grown from. So I love it. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll go ahead and move on. We are just, there's so much to chat about. We're going to move on and chat. Oh, I didn't even talk about my 49er game. I talked about the Bucks. Right. Rock steady, baby. Rock. Keeping Purdy it going, man. Keep it going. The man. Like, I, did you watch that game? I went to the beach Sunday. <sighs> so I obviously. I needed it. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. No judgment. Um, but. We headed into halftime. Brock had, I think it was a minute, 32 seconds to bring the ball down the field, get it into scoring position. We had one second left on the clock down by seven. And he runs, he gets it into the, the end zone. I think it was a QB sneak, but he got in and scores a touchdown when there was one second on the clock to, it was the final play you knew. So we went into halftime, basically zero, zero, because we tied it up. Our defense did not look as like solid as it did against Pittsburgh. Um, so my fantasy points for my 49er defense was not awesome. Um, came back in the second half, made some adjustments, um, and our defense started clicking. We had a couple of um, interceptions, yeah. ended up winning the game. It was fantastic. A lot of what 49er fans are talking about now is they feel like CMC, Christian McCaffrey, was overused. And the opportunity where you finally get ahead, bring in um, Elijah Mitchell or yeah. um, Jordan Mason, 
let them kind of get some get some reps in. Kyle Shanahan after the game did admit that he um, he needs to be a little bit more mindful about um, allowing that to happen. You know, in light of what happened with Nick Chubb, in light of what happened with Saquon, yeah. um, you know, we do need to make sure that we're protecting our running backs. So. Um, yeah. But it's football, like we said, you know, stuff happens. So we have a short week. So Sunday game, 2-0. Now we face the Giants this Thursday night. We have a Thursday night game. Saquon Barkley is injured. Um, Brandon Ayuk, uh, our wide receiver, it has some sort of collarbone, shoulder, not quite yeah. sure what's going on. They did a CAT scan. It was completely normal. Um, what I told um, uh, on the other podcast I've been on, we talked about a CT scan instead of an MRI. MRI is great for soft tissue. MRI, a CT scan is better for picking up bones. So I had a feeling they thought, well, is there maybe a fracture hidden in there somewhere? And that's why they went with the CT scan. Um, but it's clear. So it looks like okay. maybe bruise, maybe there's a little strain somewhere. I mean, I think it's just an awkward position as a wide receiver, you know, trying to get those big reach and grabs might yeah. be a little bit painful, but probably something that, you know, shoot him up with a little tort all, call it a day, get him out there. And I think he, I, I do expect him to play tomorrow evening. So um, did you already talk about who your Bucks are playing this week? Yeah, the Eagles, Monday Night Football, right. man. So That's both 2-0, and we see who comes out 3-0. and Eagles are favored pretty, pretty big. Um, it's always interesting when uh, Eagles, you know, for Tampa – we're such a melting pot of people in the Tampa Bay area that a lot of times even our home games feel like away games because there's so many Northerners primarily. Um, and Cowboys is one game where it always feels like we're outnumbered by the Cowboys. Eagles kind of feels like that a little bit too. I feel like um, when Tom Brady was here, Everybody was going to go to the games regardless. And even though, you know, we, we sell out, I don't know. It's going to be a tough game against Philadelphia. I don't think Philadelphia is looking as much like maybe their expectations were out of the gate, you know, for yeah. uh, the first couple of games. And my hope is that that keeps up in week three and that they don't start picking up and that we continue on our pattern. Baker Mayfield, baby. <laughs> Awesome. So tomorrow night we got Giants at 49ers. Um, and then we go into Sunday. Let's see. We've got Colts at Ravens, um, Tennessee at Cleveland, Atlanta at Lions. That might be an interesting game. Yeah. Um, Saints at Packers could be a great game. Saints are 2-0, and Packers 1-1. Yeah. Jordan Love coming off of a, a loss this past week. Um, Texans 0-2 against the Jaguars. That should be, I mean, and it's at home. Yo, what about the Jets? When did the Jets play and what, what's the QB situation? So Jets play New England okay. um, in MetLife. So they'll be at Jets. They'll be home. Um, okay. And uh, I don't think there is an update. Um, Aaron Rodgers thinks he's coming back. Uh, I think. Really? Just- oh, oh, gosh. I. I I have so many smart things and what, never mind. I'm, I'm, I wonder what healer he went to. I think I think he's just trying. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I don't want to knock somebody who's trying to be optimistic or give hope, but it, it's just no. He's not coming back this season. I'm just gonna tell you guys that it's not. I happening. thought one thing I thought was pretty funny is automatically everybody went to. Oh, are the Jets gonna call Tom Brady for you know a year contract? And Tom Brady's like. No, I no, 
I'm not going to the dress. Yeah, he's like, that ship has sailed. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, you know, we, and our favorite quarterbacks that we love, um, we've got um, Russell Wilson still hasn't. I mean, there was a little bit of a glimmer this last game, but they go against the Dolphins at home in Miami. Um, I think Broncos are going to drop 0-3. Yeah. Then you have, um, which this is interesting. If you'd have told me that the Chargers and the Vikings were both going to start out 0-2, I'd probably look at you sideways. But they are, in fact, 0-2. So you've got Amen. Kirk Cousins um, going against Justin Herbert on uh, at the 1 o'clock game at home in Minnesota for the Vikings. So that's And that's my fantasy quarterback, and he's been doing all right. Wait, which one? Herbert or? Yeah, Herbert. Herbert? Okay been doing all right but i thought he was gonna light it up some more i think there was some more you know well hey if you want joe burrow we can we can have a trade (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about that later we'll work something out though sis um we've got bills at commander at, at commanders in washington as beth said panthers seahawks um cowboys cardinals bears chiefs Steelers Raiders. That might yeah. be an interesting game. And then Monday night is your Bucks Eagles game and Rams Bengals. Golly. Yeah. You know what? I, yeah, Burrow, I'm just going to have to bring up Jordan Love. I, I just, it's just dang. I don't I know. know. Which game are you most interested in this week? Mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Like, none of these look like. I mean, I, I do think the Chargers Vikings might be the better game, even though they're both 0-2. I just think that's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, um, I'm, you know, since Beth's gone, Commanders and Bills, you know, i got to root for the Commanders also. I just won't say it in front of Beth. <laughs> I got you. But what? so then what do you think? Do you think Commanders are going to beat the Bills? I think Commanders are super underdogs, and it would be amazing if they pulled it out. Interesting. Okay, but you're still not saying – are you calling it Commanders over Bills? Let's go Commanders. Oh, I wish Beth was still on. I'm sending her a clip of this part of the, of the <laughs> All right. Um, picture of the week, fan picture of the week. I am picking Brock Purdy's mama. She picked a beautiful, she posted a beautiful picture of um, her and a bunch of her friends and family members that all had 49er shirts on. All women in the picture. So, of course, I've got to make that the fan picture of the week. I'll Love it. That on our social medias, on Instagram. Sherry, is there anything else we need to chat about or cover? There's so much. There is so much. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about next week, girl. I know. Do you want to see who's FSU playing this weekend? Um. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I forget who we're playing this weekend. But we are uh, 3-0. and I, I did know. have to um, school someone that was uh, a Gator fan ranting on social media about uh, – <laughs> FSU, how can they be ranked number three in the country, squeaking by every game? We did squeak by this last game. We won it in the end, which is all that matters. It's a W. Wasn't our best performance like the first two weeks, but of course I had to throw out the, well, we won the opening game 42-24 against number eight LSU. No, 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 Sherry. All you have to do is give them what Mike Tomlin told the press. Did you hear what Mike Tomlin said? No, what? I'm not going to apologize for winning. There you go. I love Boom. it. That's Boom. it. Because they were there trying to ask him. They were like, oh, you know, it hasn't been, you know, because he won the game, but it was like two defensive turnovers helped him win. And they were asking him. He's like, I'm not going to apologize for winning. Yeah. I love it. Perfect. 
That's a That's perfect it. answer. Mic drop, boom. And yes. on that note, we are out. Thanks for joining Girlfriends in Football. Be sure to follow us on social media, Instagram, Girlfriends in Football. And uh, you can follow me. I'm on the Twitter Nation now or Twitter, you, Twitterverse, X. Xverse, X, X, whatever that is. I'm on there as coach underscore Desi. We can chat uh, football anytime. You guys have an awesome week. We'll see you here next Wednesday. Peace. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on our podcast today. Please continue to keep in touch with us on our social media platforms at Girlfriends and Football on Instagram and TikTok. Thanks so much. We appreciate your support and we look forward to seeing you next week. Take care and happy football.